You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about praying in the Spirit. Actually, we're going to wrap up the series in this uh, episode. John 7, 38, Amplified Version is our text. He that believes on me, said Jesus, as the Scripture has said, out of his innermost being, springs and rivers of living water shall flow. Now, the picture of these rivers is found in the book of Genesis And we've got four different rivers there. And really, when you stop and look, every single flow of the Holy Spirit can be put into one of these four categories. Now, we hadn't talked about the fourth one yet. But the first one is the river of Pishon, or to grow up fat, is uh, edification. Then there is the river Gihon, which is the river Revelation. It means to labor to bring forth. And that's what revelation is. It's, it's something that you fight to get out into the open. It takes time to break truth into reality. And then the third river is the river Hidekel, which is the Tigris River. It means vehement, and it has to do with the river of power. It harkens to that. And then the final river is the river Euphrates. Now, the first three rivers, we identify them with the flow of the Holy Spirit because of their names. Their names mean something. Uh, this last river, the river Euphrates, uh, it is not the name that means anything. It is what is revealed in Scripture elsewhere that uh, we get what it means. Let me read Revelation chapter 9, verses 13, 14, 15. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. These are fallen angels, by the way. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third part of mankind. Wow. So the Euphrates River is the place where there are four angels that are so desperately wicked and amazingly influential that when they are released their works will cause one-third of humanity to be killed. They're being held up by the Euphrates River. Now, I don't understand how a river can hold up angels like that, but I will take the word at face value. But at any rate, the word Euphrates has to deal with intercession. The river of intercession is the fourth flow of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's different from the first three. The first three rivers have to do with us. We are edified. We see things. Things are revealed to us. We have power. But the river of intercession is for other people. You know, a lot of people don't understand intercessory prayer. And what it literally means is to take the place of another. I know when I was a new believer and I began to pray, I would have burdens to pray and I would pray for other people, I would feel the weight of that person's struggle. Sometimes I actually felt their sin. Sometimes I felt their hopelessness. Sometimes I felt the bondage, whatever it was they were going through, I could feel it. 
Now, as I would continue to pray, it would eventually lift and go away, and I could tell there was a victory. In the beginning, though, I didn't know if I was praying for myself or someone else. I had to learn that I was right with God. I'm, I, I, I am righteous. I, I'm not guilty, but yet I would feel the guilt and the sin and the weight of another person, and here's what I was doing. I was in prayer pleading for them, praying for them. Listen to the book of Ezekiel chapter 22. This is what God says about this process. God says in Ezekiel 22 and verse 30, So I sought for a man among them who would make up a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. This is amazingly generous to me when I see that God was going to let the prayers of one person affect the destiny of an entire country. One guy. And God says, I couldn't find one person. And so he said, therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I've consumed them in the fire of my wrath, and I've recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. God will be just, but you know what he will listen for? He will listen for those who plead mercy. And he said, I didn't have one person in the whole country who was willing to pray like that. This is our assignment as believers, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2, 9. What is a priesthood? A priest is a person who goes to God on behalf of another person, nor you stand in the gap for someone. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, but he's made us kings and priests to God his Father. Now this is important. Um, we are first kings, which means if you're a king in Christ, you are seated at the right hand of God. In the mind of God, you're seated at the very right hand of the Lord, far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion, meaning that you've got authority over every kind of demon and evil spirit that there is. You've got authority over there. So when you are praying for someone else, you're praying from that position of power, but you may be feeling the guilt of that person. But you still have this incredible authority, and that's why you're a most effective intercessor as a New Testament believer, because you're seated at the right hand of God, yet you're praying for someone who is under the dominion of the control of these demonic spirits. And so this is an amazingly important part of, of our work in Christ. I want to show you how just uh, the personal faith and worship of a believer can have such a big difference. First of all, I believe that that our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., is one of the most intense spiritual environments on planet Earth. There's so much at stake, and I have to say that the spirits of darkness that hover over our capital that fight to influence people. I've seen people out of our own district here in Oklahoma who go to Washington and are changed because they go under that influence they do not have a prayer covering or they do not have a strong relationship with God themselves. And they're heavily influenced by the powers of darkness in that realm. And uh, they don't know what to, to do about it. Well, here is a king who is being heavily influenced by demonic powers as King Saul. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, 14, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now, uh, God permitted this to come. So God gets the blame for it, even though he didn't do it. It's a tense that Hebrew has that we don't uh, have in English. And, it, and so it looks like God is actually sending and causing this, but he didn't. 
He's backing off and this thing came. It was Saul's own decisions that brought this about. And Saul's servants said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Uh, let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you should be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Now this is amazing because they had seen this as part of their culture. They had seen people worshiping the Lord and they noticed the peace and the serenity that came and the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit that came when the right person worshiped God. Then one of his servants said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a skin of wine. A young goat sent them by his son to Saul. And David came to Saul, stood before him, and he loved him greatly. He became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent to Jesse saying, please let David stand before me for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul. In other words, God permitted this spirit to, to oppress Saul because of Saul's own decisions that David would take the harp, play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Wow. It's a picture of intercession. Because we've got a person who is right with God standing in the gap for a person who is not right with God. And the power of the righteous intercessor is so great that even though Saul is not repentant of his evil, the demonic powers still have to leave him because of the presence and the anointing on David. That's amazing. Intercession is one of the four rivers of Genesis, and it is a powerful part of who we are. And I would encourage you to begin to learn how to be an intercessor. Now, don't get in the ditch on this. I've seen people do it where they prayed like this to the point that it became ridiculous and they got mad at everybody else who didn't pray like they prayed. Listen to me. When you pray and intercede, it is indeed a privilege and it is not a badge of condemnation for other people. Uh, yes, you would like to see other people have the same sensitivity to the Spirit that you do. But if you become condemning of those who don't pray as much as you do, you're missing the whole point. There should be a gentleness and there was on David. There was that amazing presence on him that he carried with him even though he was the one who was standing in the gap and felt the power of the enemy and, and stood off this as he worshiped, uh, David didn't become condemning toward the people around him. Neither should you. Uh, nobody was a greater intercessor than Jesus. And Jesus made even the wicked sinners feel comfortable in his presence. Uh, when they repented, he received them right in. So this is the power of intercession. So the four rivers of Genesis chapter 2 verses 10 through 14 the river of edification, the river of revelation, the river of power, and the river of intercession. So I hope you will have a new appreciation for the flow of the Holy Spirit as we pray with our heavenly prayer language, praying in the Spirit. Thank you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. 
Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.